0: Romans chapter 1, we're going to be very simple Uh, over the next few nights. We're just going to bring a very simple, basic gospel message. You make an effort to bring out the unsaved tomorrow night. Maybe a friend or a neighbor or someone in your family, ask them along. um, We'll seek to bring the gospel to them. We are just finished last night two weeks of gospel meetings down in Killaray. And it was just lovely to see men and women gathered under the sound of the word. You make an effort even tomorrow night and Sunday night again, uh, to really bring in the unsaved, and what he's done for us, may he do do for them. Okay, Romans chapter 1, please, and verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about that. Just listen to the Word of God as we read it to you. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, Separated unto the gospel of God. If you cast your eye down to verse 14, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And we know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his word. I want to talk to you tonight very simply and very uh, basically tonight about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We all know what it is to receive messages from friends and from family. We know what it is to receive maybe even junk mail. And it's of no value and you fire it in the bin or maybe you use it to light the fire like I do. And it's of no value. Messages that come and messages that go. But I want to bring you, dear friends, not only tonight and tomorrow night and Sunday night, God willing, to the greatest message that any man or woman, boy or girl could ever hear. The message of the gospel. Good news. We used to sing it years ago. Good news, good news. Christ died for me. Good news, good news. If we believe it's a message of the gospel. And we read in verse 1 tonight that it's God's gospel. This is God's message to mankind. What an awesome thing it would be tonight to get a message from one of the great presidents or kings or queens of the world. What an awesome thing it would be to get a a message sent to us straight from some royalty or dignity across the world. But tonight to have a message, not from a man, but to have a message from God to every individual, not only in this meeting tonight, but across the broad acres of this world. I want to tell you, whoever you are tonight, that God is interested in you no matter how far you sank in sin, no no matter how stained your life may be, no matter how many chains you have, no matter how much guilt you have, no matter how great the problems in your past, I want to tell you every man, woman, boy and girl, irrespective of your color, irrespective of your age, irrespective of your class, I want you to remember this tonight, that God is interested in you. The message of the gospel. God wants to say something tonight to you just to get you on your own, that you would forget about those beside you, forget about those behind you, maybe even those that have invited you to come tonight. And God wants to just set you alone with himself. And God has something to say. To you. you know, it says in the book of Job that God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. And God has something to say tonight, and I trust that you will open your ears, that you will have ears to hear what the Spirit of God will say to you. This message of the gospel. You know, this was the message that Paul came preaching. This is the message of this small little man. He wanted to go to Rome and he wanted to preach in the military capital of the world. He wanted to preach the message of the gospel. I want to tell you, dear men and women, tonight Paul could say, and we read it, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of God. I'll give you some reasons tonight very briefly as I move along why I'm not ashamed tonight, why the apostle Paul wasn't ashamed. And if you're in this meeting tonight and you're saved, my, you should never be ashamed of the message of the gospel. I'll give you a reason first of all because of the, of the person that it involved. We were singing tonight as we sang those courses about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, dear men and women tonight, if you're ever going to have your sins forgiven, if you're ever going to be born again, if you're ever going to have your life totally radically changed, that you'll never, never be the same again. It's not a doctrine that you need. It's a person that you need. It's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, My the one who on Calvary's cross Bear our sins in his own body on the tree. It's all about him. Not about us. Not about how well we perform. Not about how many meetings we go to. Not about how many verses of the scripture you know. But it's all about the blessed man of Calvary. I wonder tonight, do you know him? Maybe you could sing about him. Maybe you could even talk about him. But I wonder down in the depths of your soul, can you say like the hymn writer, mine, mine, mine. I know thou art mine. Savior, dear Savior, I know thou art mine. My dear men and women tonight, that's why I'm not ashamed of the message of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it because of the person that it involves. I'll give you another reason why I'm not ashamed of it. Another was Paul. He wasn't ashamed of it because of the power. That it has. The power to change a life. The power to liberate. The power to set men and women free. No matter your chain. No matter your stains. No matter your past. I want to tell you dear men and women. That there's power in the message of the gospel. To change and to cleanse and to keep. You said to me Stephen. How do you know? I want to tell you dear friends. The only reason I know is because he did it for me. And he can do it for you. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others. Mother, listen to it tonight. He can do for you. There's power, wonder-working power. My dear men and women, tonight, whenever you get tired of your sin, whenever you get to the place where your sin is a burden, when you get to that place whenever sin is a weight upon your soul, my dear men and women, the only message that can lift the burden, the only message that can save the soul, the only message that can change the life, it's the good message of the gospel. That's why I'm not ashamed of it. Today. I'll give you another reason. I'm not ashamed of the message of the gospel because of the person that it involves. I'm not ashamed of the gospel tonight because of the power that it has. But, oh, wonder of all wonders, I'm not ashamed of it tonight because of the price that it cost. I'm not here tonight saved because of silver or gold that I paid. I'm not here tonight offering you a salvation on how well you work or how good you behave. But, oh, I want you to come with me for a moment on this Good Friday as we heard to the hill outside Jerusalem, Near on the brow of Calvary, the lowly Nazarene, the Lamb of God, bearing shame and scoffing. In my place, condemned, he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a scene. Oh, the hemreader could say, hark, I hear the dull blow of the hammer swung low. They are kneeling my Lord to the tree and the cross they upraise as a multitude gaze at the blessed Lamb of dark Calvary. How could I ever be ashamed of a message like that? How could I ever be ashamed of a man who died for me? How could I ever be ashamed of the Son of God who left the splendors of heaven and left the worship of angels and came down and was born of the Virgin Mary and lived in the squalor of Nazareth and there, 33 years later, was nailed to the cross and after men had done their vilest, after they had stripped him, after they had plucked the very hairs from his cheeks. After he could say they pierced my hands and my feet, and after they exhausted their venom upon him, oh, listen to this, all my sin was laid on him. Jesus bore them on the tree. God who knew them, he led them on. I'm believing I go free. My dear unsaved, in the meeting tonight, God knows all your sin. God knows all your past. The Bible says that He knows her down sittings and her uprising. He understands her thoughts afar off, and even tonight, as you sit in this meeting, God has been reading your thoughts. You've maybe been having words and maybe even ideas running through your mind tonight, even as you sit here. Maybe you've tried to conceal it from those around you, but oh, I want to tell you, it's not the eyes of man that's upon you. It's the eyes of God. And he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso forsaketh them and confesseth them shall have mercy. This message of the gospel tonight. The good news from God to man. It was that message that the Lord Jesus, whenever he rose from the dead, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach a church. Not at all. Go ye into all the world and tell men and women and Balnahins that they need to try a little bit harder. No. Tell men and women and Balnahinch that they need to be baptized or confirmed. He didn't tell them to do that. He said, Go into all the world and preach, listen to it. The gospel. The good news, you know this message of the gospel is for everyone. Sometimes you get a letter through your door and it has a different name on it. It's not for you. Sometimes you get a letter or an email and it's not signed to you. But this message of the gospel is for everyone. It not only includes everyone and excludes no one. But dear men and women, this is what I want you to get tonight. It's for someone in this meeting tonight. I don't know who you are. I don't know whereabouts on the road of life you may be. I don't know if you're at what's in corner. I don't know if you've contemplated suicide. I don't know if you're involved in self-harm. I don't know if you're miserable deep down inside. I don't know tonight, but the God of heaven knows all about you. And while you may be in the depths of despair with all of the chains of iniquity and sin, I'm glad tonight that there's one that not only cares about you, but there is one that died for you and rose again, and he's able to save to the uttermost them that come unto God. Him seeing he ever liveth. Let me tell you, dear men and women, Buddha's dead, Muhammad's dead, Confucius is dead. But I want to tell you on the third day, the Lord Jesus, listen to it, he rose again. He's a living Savior. I'll tell you something else for nothing, he's a loving Savior. He's a lifting saviour. For the psalmist says, "He brought me up out of an horrible pit and out of the miry clay." And I'll tell you something more. He's not only a loving saviour and not only a lifting saviour. I'm glad that He's a lasting saviour. I'm glad at times whenever we lose our grip of Him. Oh, I'm glad He doesn't let go of us. What a saviour tonight! And maybe you're in this meeting and you're still in your sin on your way to a lost sinner's hell and you can sing the hymns and you could even quote the verses, but if you died before this night is out, you know that it's not well with your soul. It's the gospel that you need. You take the letters of that word gospel. You take a letter G and we're just going to be simple tonight. You take that letter and I want to tell you the gospel is all about God's love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. You've all heard about Romeo and Juliet. And it's described as the greatest love story in English literature. But let me tell you, dear men, and women, 25 words in John 3.16. It's the greatest love story, not in English literature. It's the greatest love story in the world. Put your name in there tonight. For God so loved David. For God so loved Sarah. For God so loved Sean. For God so loved Charlotte that he gave his only begotten son. I tell you, some of you parents here tonight, and you love your children. They're the darling of your bosom. But I want to tell you, you set the love of a parent for their child beside the love of God for you, and there's no compare. You take some of you husbands and wives here tonight, and you love your wife, or you love your husband. My, it's a bond that the time can never sever. But you set the love of a husband for his wife beside the love of God for you tonight. There's no compare. It's love that's unrivaled. For God so loved the world. And while you're in this meeting tonight, still an enemy of God, he loves you. For God so loved the world. He loves your soul. But dear men and women, always remember this. He hates your sin. I'm sure you've seen it at times we have seen it up in Cookstown, it's, it's really everywhere now, but you'll know what it is to see a mother and she's holding her child and maybe there's cancer there, maybe there's some disease there and she looks down at that little child and she loves the child. But oh, how she hates that disease. My dear unsaved, in the meeting tonight, there's a disease that you were born with and you've had it ever since that day and you've been using it and abusing it. And while God loves your soul, he hates your sin. Greater love hath no man than this than a man that laid down his life for his friends. And I want to tell you the reason why the Savior, the Son of God, was on the cross of Calvary. It was out of love for your soul. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. For us, and maybe you don't love God tonight. Maybe you use his name as a curse word. Maybe you would shake your fist at God because of some grievance in your life. Maybe you would blame him for some death in your family, but while you hate him, I want to tell you his heart is outstretched towards you tonight. Listen to it. For God so loved you. That he gave his own. Begotten, son, I tell you, dear men and women, I would love to have been there way before the world was ever formed, away in the councils of eternity. Whenever God the Father, he knew that men would sin, and he knew an angel couldn't die on behalf of men, he knew an animal couldn't do it, and there the darling of of his bosom, the one that brought to his heart daily delight, he said, Father, I will go. And the Son of God, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And dear saved in the meeting tonight. There's not another man in Balna would die for you. But I want to tell you, the Son of God, he loved you. And he died on the cross to save your soul. And if he did that, there must be something that you need to be saved from. Because at this very moment, you're closer to a lost eternity than you've ever been before. You're closer to the chasms of hell than you've ever been before. And God and his wisdom and wise economy has brought you into a meeting tonight on a Friday night to tell you that there's good news in the message of the gospel. It's not only just for all, but it's for you. It's for you. You take that letter O of the word gospel and you'll discover that it talks to me about an open door. There is a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open and you may go in. At Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to Jesus. And I'm glad on the 22nd of February 2010 with blonde hair and rings in my eyebrows, with drugs sitting in front of me, I'm glad whenever I got down on my knees and said, Lord, will you save me? I'm glad that he let me in. I want to tell you, dear men and women, tonight, this Friday night, that door is still open. It's swinging on the hinges of grace and mercy, and you can go in tonight. You don't need to pay. You don't need to work. The old Puritans used to say, the door into heaven is low. You need to stoop. You need to stoop. you remember whenever Noah was building the ark. 120 years, board after board, nail after nail. Men and women, I'm sure they laughed at him and said, No, you're a fool, building a boat where there's not even a drop of rain. And they laughed at him and belittled him and scorned him. But dear men and women, always remember this. There was a day when the rain began to fall. There was a day when the flood began to rise. But the door that was open in the ark for 120 years, God shut the door. I want you to learn a truth tonight, dear unsaved, that you have maybe never heard before. But you cannot get saved when you want. Always remember. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He's not always going to be found. He's not always going to be near. You'll read of the Shulamite away back in the Song of Solomon and she was lying in bed and her beloved came and he knocked on the door and the door handle dropped with the mirror and she lay on, she said, some other convenient time. She had washed her feet, she had put on her bed garments and she said, it doesn't suit me now. And after a while she rose and it says she opened the door but my beloved was gone. My dear unsaved tonight, if God is speaking to your soul. Do not play with God. Don't play with God. You say to me, Stephen, I, I, I'm I aware that I'm a sinner and I know that there's a hell and I know there's a heaven and I know I need to be saved. And if you know that tonight, let me tell you, it's only God that has revealed that to you. But do not quench the Spirit of God because God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. And there's a time in the life of a man or woman when God may never speak again. And I'm always reminded of this in the message of the Gospel that For some it could be the first time that you could hear the message and for others it may be the last time. You may never hear this message again. But at this very moment there's a door that is open and you may go in. You take a letter S out of that word gospel and it'll talk to me about sins that need to be forgiven. Now let me just come close to you tonight. You know I'm no better than you. The only reason I'm up in this pulpit tonight is just so that you can see me. I'm a sinner just like you. I was born into this world with a black heart. My mother never had to tell Stephen Riddle how to lie. My mother never had to tell Stephen Riddle how to stay. My mother never had to tell me how to disobey my parents. Just like the bird is the nature to fly and the fish is the nature to swim, I was born with a nature to sin and so were you. And every single one of us in this meeting tonight, whether we're young or old, rich or poor, we're contaminated by sin. I was born in sin and shapen and iniquity. And I don't care tonight how religious you are. I don't care tonight how good you are. I'm not even interested in how nice a parent you are or how nice a neighbor you are or how good you are to your employer. My dear men and women, you have sinned. And the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You may try to hide that. You may try to deny that. You may even try to ignore it. But the reason why you're dying tonight is because all have sinned. You're looking at a man tonight that's dying. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And you know, dear men and women, sin not only contaminates every one of us, let me tell you something else it controls. Sin always gets worse and worse. It's always degenerate. You know the big oak tree there that's growing in a field and it looks so strong and looks so magnificent. If that oak tree gets a little bit of ivy at the bottom of that tree, let me tell you, after the weeks and after the years, that ivy will grow around that tree and that tree will die. My dear men and women tonight, you have a cancerous tumor of sin in your soul tonight. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Bible says sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And dear men and women, if you do not get that sin dealt with, whenever you die and someday you will die, you'll end up in a lost sinner's hell where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, where God has forgotten to be gracious, where mercy is clean gone, Forever. You say to me, Stephen, that will never happen to me. My dear men and women tonight, it could happen to you before the end of the day. Sins that need to be forgiven. And sin not only contaminates us, and it not only controls us. You remember what Paul said, the things that I thought I would never do at the... To... The things that I didn't want to do, I always ended up going and doing them. And the things that I shouldn't do, well, I always had a nature to do them. My dear men and women, that's exactly like you and me. No matter how many New Year's resolutions you make, no matter how many promises you make, that nature of sin will grow and grow and grow like a cancerous tumor in your soul. And unless you have the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ applied to your life, it'll not only control you, it'll damn you. You see, there's a condemnation of sin. That's why you've got a conscience. Do you remember that first thing that you stole? Do you remember that day it annoyed you? Do you remember that first lie that you told and you remember after that day it annoyed you? But it doesn't annoy you now. It doesn't prick your conscience now. You remember that first act of immorality that you were involved in? You remember that first drink that you took? You remember those first drugs that you took and it annoyed you? Doesn't annoy you now. The conscience has been saved. I want to tell you, dear men and women, in the message of the gospel, there is one who's able to deal with the control of sin. There's one who's able to deal, thank God, with the contamination of sin. There's one who's able to deal even with the condemnation of sin. You know who it is. It's the man that died for you. The Lamb of God. You go on and you'll take that lovely letter out of the word gospel. You take the word P and that tells me that you and I need a personal saviour. Not just to sing about the Lord Jesus and not only just to know a few verses about him, but you need to have a Savior, one that will, you'll know so well how he has blessed me. Tongue can never tell. And that's why I'm so glad tonight that I'm saved. Not only because my sins are forgiven and not only because I've got peace with God, because that night in the 22nd of February I got a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Hallelujah. My dear unsaved tonight, and all of the sin and the devil's weighing and heavy upon your heart, you need a savior. <laughs> you need a savior. You need one that'll take you through the storm. You need one that'll bring you through the valley of the shadow of death. And that's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I heard the story the other day of a hillbilly preacher in America preaching in the meeting, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And a man stood at the back and he said, "Sir, what is your Lord Jesus to you?" How is he better than any other man? Not a wee Billy Preacher. He squared his shoulder and he said, Sir, my savior's better than Buddha. My savior's greater than Gandhi. My savior's more mighty than Muhammad. My savior's more, more able than Allah. My savior's more capable than Confucius. I'm glad that that man's my savior tonight. I'm glad that he's mightier than all the gods that have been concocted by man's imagination. And I'm glad tonight, whether I haven't got much silver or gold, I can sing mine, mine, mine. I know thou art mine. Saviour, dear Saviour, I know thou art mine. I wonder do you know tonight. I wonder have you a burning conviction in your soul that you know that you're saved. My dear men and women, if you're not sure, make sure. Make sure. Don't go over into the threshold into eternity basing your whole Christian experience on a little profession. Don't go over into the valley of the shadow of death with a verse of Scripture. You need a man, and that's the blessed man of Calvary. You need nothing more, and you need nothing less. Sometime you get a chance to go through the Bible. You take that little phrase, this man... And I'll tell you some things about the Lord Jesus that sets him apart from every other man. You'll not meet a man like this in Balneheims tomorrow. You'll not meet a man or woman like this at your work. This man, the Lord Jesus that died on a cross, he's totally unique. You'll remember the centurion as he put the spear up into the side of the Savior and he saw many a man die. Whenever he took God's spear and gouged it into the side of my blessed Savior and there came out blood and water, my, this is what the centurion had to say. Surely this man was the son of God. I tell you, dear friends, you see that man on the cross. You see him there with his visage so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. See him there with the crown of thorns upon his head. He wasn't a martyr. He wasn't even an example. He was the saviour the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And if you're ever going to have your sins dealt with, if you're ever going to be born again, it's this man that you need. That's who he is. I can tell you some things of what he's like. Because there was another man that day in the hill of Calvary and he was on a cross himself. He was a thief. He was a malefactor. And he looked at the Lord Jesus Christ and he said, this man has done nothing to us. He couldn't say that about you and I. You'll remember Pilate, the cross-examiner of Rome, and Pilate knew how to find fault in people. And if he had me, he would find a fault in me in five or ten minutes. And he examined the Lord Jesus time and time again. And three times, Pilate, the cross-examiner of Rome, had to say, I find no fault in this man. Hallelujah, neither do I. And neither will you if you come to him. That's what he's like. I'll tell you something else. You'll discover what he said. Because there was a day whenever the Pharisees sent the temple guards to go and arrest the Lord Jesus and the student listened to him. And you know what they said? Never man spake like this man. I tell you, dear friends, there's things that the Lord Jesus said that no one else can say. You know what he can say? Come on to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give your hands. He or she that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast her. Behold, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. There's not another man in the world who could say that to you, sir, but the Lord Jesus on his Friday night still sin. I tell you, there's never a man said words like that. Then not only do you discover what he, who he is and what he's like and what he said, I can tell you some things that he does. You'll remember in Luke's Gospel chapter 15, I was reading it this morning, whenever the Pharisees said, this man, receive us and I don't know who you are tonight. I'm not even interested in how disappointed you've made other people in your life because of sin that's controlling and condemning you tonight. You've ended up doing things that you never thought that you would do. And you've maybe even committed sins that would stay in a bucket of tar. But my dear men and women, this man receive as sinners. And if you come to him tonight, as many as received him, to them give he power to be called the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. I'll tell you not only do you discover what he's like and what he said, I'll tell you you'll discover what he did. Because the writer to the Hebrews said, But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down. And there on the cross of Calvary, my dear men and women, there the Lord Jesus Christ bare our sins in his own body on the tree, every lie, sir, that you've ever told every lust that ever went through your mind, every act of immorality, every filthy thought that ever went through into your heart, there the Lord Jesus Christ became accountable for sin. And there he satisfied the wrath of God and fool that if you come to him tonight as a hell-deserving sinner and you come and repent of your sin because of what the Lord Jesus did in the Calvary's cross and because he satisfied the claims of a holy God, you can go free tonight. All because of what the Lord Jesus did for you. Wounded for me. Wounded for me. There on the cross he was wounded for me. Gone my transgressions and now I am free. All because Jesus was wounded for me. There was a little girl many years ago in London and she was standing in one of the streets of London and she was standing crying. And one of the bobbies, one of the policemen, she, he seen her weeping and other people were walking by unconcerned. And the policeman got down on his knees beside this young girl. And he says, dear, what's wrong? And she says, I'm lost. I don't know how to get home. And that policeman, well, he started to rhyme off a few locations in London. He says, do you live anywhere near the Houses of Parliament? She says, I've never seen the Houses of Parliament. He says, do you live anywhere near London Bridge? Oh, I've never seen it, sir. Do you live anywhere near Big Ben, that big clock? Everybody knows it. She says, no, I don't live anywhere near there. And then he says, do you live anywhere near Charrington Cross? And she started to clap her wee hands and the tears come out of her eyes. Six or seven years of age, she says, sir, get me to the cross and I'll get home. Get me to the cross and I'll get home. Dear, i saved in the meeting tonight. You need to get to the cross because the way of the cross, that leads home. It leads home. Because there... There on the cross, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God died for a reptile sinner such as I. And if I could come to Him, He'd save me. My dear man and woman, he would save you. He'll save you. What a man! Is it any bit wonder, Missus? A- Missus Alexander had the pain. There is a green hill far away. Outside the city wall, where the dear Lord, he was crucified and he died to save us all. We may not know, we cannot tell the grief he had to bear. But oh, I believe it was for me he hung and suffered there. There was none other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let me in. Now, dear friend, let me describe this to you. You may believe that he died for the world, and he did, but you know the day that you'll get saved is whenever you discover that he died for you. That there on the cross of Calvary, he just died for me, for my sin, for my shame. He took my place. And there the blessed Lord Jesus Christ There's not only the torture of his body, because my dear men and women, it wasn't the nails that will save your soul, and it's not even the crown of thorns that will save you, and it's not his back like a ploughed field that will not save you. There's many a man that went through that. It's not the torture of his body, but it's the travail of his soul. Because whenever noon came, 12 o'clock sharp, the lights of heaven went out. And there in the darkness enveloped the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was made sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I can paint to you a picture of the nails. I can try to depict to you tonight the picture of the thorns on his head. I can try to depict to you tonight something of the agony in his body. But there's not an artist in the world here, men and women, can ever paint the agony and the anguish of his soul. He poured out his soul as an offering for sin. He could say, I went down into the deep where there's no standing, where the billows of God's wrath went weave after weave, moment after moment. And all of your hell, of all of your punishment for hell, and eternity was condensed in three blessed hours, in those dark hours of Calvary. And there the cry that came from the cross, it is finished, paid and full. You know what that means? That means that a poor preacher can come from Cookstown tonight to ban the Hinch, and no matter how many sins you've committed you, no matter how many disappointments and broken hearts you've had, no matter how many tears you've shed, no matter how many chains have binded you, no matter how many times the devil has defeated you, I want to tell you because of what the Lord Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. He satisfied the wrath of God in full. All you need to do is turn from your sin and put your trust in Christ, and he will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. Near the blessed Lord Jesus, the Son of God, My, he became accountable for sins that he never committed. Upon a life I did not live. Upon a death I did not die. Another life, another death. I staked my whole eternity. My dear unsaved, tonight you're making your way through life and you're indulging yourself in all the pleasures of sin and I don't need to name them tonight. But you're going down to a lost eternity where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing teeth, and there stands between you and that place tonight a man, the greatest man that ever lived. And he died for you. You take not only the letter P and you'll discover of a personal save, you take a letter E and I'm coming to a close. I tell you the day a man or woman avails of that shed blood and puts her trust in Christ, you know what happens. They're saved for eternity. And there the Lord Jesus Christ, I tell you, he could say, no man shall pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one, and maybe you're in this meeting tonight and say, I couldn't keep it, my dear men, and, them, and neither could I. But on to him who is able to keep you from falling. And no matter what it is, whatever addiction it may be, my dear men and women, oh, would to God I could bring it to you in a better way. The Lord Jesus Christ is not only able to save, but he's able to keep I'm glad that night that I came to the Lord, my taking drugs every night of the week for, for many, many years. I'm glad that night the Lord Jesus broke the power of cancel sin and he set the prisoner free. And on this Friday night, he can do the very same for you. He's a saviour that liberates. He's a saviour that keeps. He's a saviour that blesses. But he's a saviour tonight that you still don't have. You don't have him. You take a last letter of that word gospel. Speaks to me of the liberty in Christ. And I want to say dear men and women, the day that you come to the Lord Jesus and you repent of your sin, and put your trust in him in a veil of the shed blood, you know what you'll get you'll get freedom. I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of the past. I tell you, dear men and women, tonight the Lord Jesus said of the Son, therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. He's the one that comes and he sets the prisoner free. He takes his shackles from off your feet and he'll save you and he'll keep you and you'll never be the same again. And there's a word that he gives you tonight. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you it. You see, the Lord Jesus is a perfect gentleman. He's not going to break the door of your heart down. He stands to night and he says, I, I, I've died for you. Mother, I shed my precious blood just for you now. But you need to come. You need to come. was Charlotte Elliot, that young girl that was in a meeting many years ago and the preacher preached on that word come and she, she spoke to the preacher after and she said, Sir, I'd love to come. I'd love to have the Lord Jesus as my own personal savior. I'd love to be born again. I would love to be changed and transformed. I'd love the chains to be broken. I'd love the guilt to go, sir, how do I do it? And he said, young girl, just come as you are. She went home that night and she penned a number of years later, just as I am, without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. You know, I have a wee daughter at home, 14 months months old. And if I said to little Emily, Emily, come here, you know what you'd do? Just one step after another, she would come to her daddy. My dear aunt tonight in the meeting, there's a man in this hall. And he's the son of God, the one who died for you, satisfied the wrath of God in full. And he says, come as you are. Just come as you are. Come in the very seat where you sit and say, Lord, I'm coming now. I want you to save me. You know what he'll do? He'll save you in the very seat where you sit. And he'll keep you for all of your time. Many years ago, and with us a close, time has beaten me tonight. Many years ago in England, there was a man by the name of Thomas Dickinson. He lived in a village in England and there was a fire. He heard the screams down the street and he went down. He ran out of his home and he seen a little house that was engulfed in flames. Thomas Dickinson he stood and he looked and he saw on the top top storey of that home that was engulfed with the fire, he saw one of the young children standing at a window. And Thomas Dickerson went over to the downpipe, the metal downpipe that was coming down the side of the house. It was just running past the window and he climbed up the downpipe, red hot with the heat of the inferno. Put his hand through the window and lifted the young boy and with one hand he slid down the downpipe. And that young boy lost his mother and his two two sisters that day. After a few months there was a court that was held in the village. And the judge put up the little child for adoption. And one after another, there was family came and says, "We can take the lad. We've plenty of money. We'll give him a good. We'll give him a good home." And then there was another family that came and says, "Well, we'll be able to give him a good education. We'll take him." One after another, they placed their case before the judge. And after the hearing was almost over, the door opened, and Thomas. Thomas Dickinson walks through the door. He says, I'll take the boy. I want him. And the court man, the judge said to him, Sir, what claim have you upon this boy? He says, you neither have money, nor have you high education. Thomas Dickinson standing in the middle of that quarter, tears coming out of his eyes. He said, With these I rest my case. With these I leave before the judge. The cause that I have to take this little boy home. And you know what he did? He lifted his hands. Those hands that bore the scars of the day that he saved the life of that young boy. My dear men and women, there's a man. Oh, he's a blessed man. And tonight he bears his scars. Nobody could say, They pierced my hands and my feet. You say to me, Stephen, why did he do it? Would you allow me to pint tonight? Young man, he did it for you. Young woman, he did it for you. And there on the cross of Calvary, he finished the work that the Father gave him to do. And the third day he rose again. At this very moment, he's seated on the throne of glory. And he wants you to come. He wants you to come. Just a number of weeks ago, the other Sunday night, I had the joy of sitting beside a young girl and she was weeping and she says, Stephen, I'm a sinner and I know. I've done things that I thought I would never do. She said, Stephen, would the Lord Jesus take me? I said, Catherine will take you. You know what she did? She bowed her head. The tears were coming out of her eyes and she said these words. She says, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. You died for me. You paid for my sin. Will you come into my heart? My dear men and women, you know what happened? The miracle of a moment took place. That's exactly what needs to happen to you. Has that ever happened to you before? Have you ever met that man? Have you ever met my Savior? Have you ever met my blessed Lord? Have you ever asked him into your heart? Friends, if you have never done it, do it now. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now. Do it now. Now is the day of salvation. I would feel that God is speaking to some soul tonight. I don't know who you are. I don't even know where you're sitting tonight. All I can tell you is this blessed man wants to see you. You come to the Lord tonight. Don't miss it. Do not miss it. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, friend this is it now. O Lamb of God I come, I come, I come. Let us bow in a moment of prayer, please.